Hello friends, news reporter Anna here. Got to wrap up a busy last week by staying up entirely too late last night to watch Super Bowl 58. Got to spend last night with good company and got to eat amazing food and watch the game. And of course, by game, I mean halftime show because my friend and I were both reading for the 49ers. So we're bummed for them, but happy for Taylor, if that makes sense. However, the halftime show did not disappoint as Usher, or should I say Crusher, made history with the longest halftime show length lasting 15 minutes this year versus other headliners only performing for 13 minutes. His performance had amazing guest features, including Alicia Keys, Ludacris, and Lil Jon. And that's a wrap on the NFL season, which hopefully means Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey will get some much-deserved off-screen time together during both of their off-seasons. But let's be honest, I'm sure the media has not seen the last of them. As for my podcast, it's a brand new week and I'm excited to announce a brand new guest today for episode 7 of 2024. She's a mom and a math teacher and I've gotten to call her a co-worker and a friend over the span of the past two years. She turned 30 a little under a month ago and so I am excited for her to pour some of her life experience out with us today. And so it is my pleasure to welcome on Miss Lydia Rakes. As always, thank you for tuning in and enjoy the episode. All right. Ready? Yeah. In the studio with me, well, currently we are at Bluegrass Middle School using the Media Center because my next guest works with me, my coworker, Lydia Rakes. So welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Super stoked you got to join me. I've been wanting to have you on for a while because I feel like you're very, you're very intricate and there's many different like sides to you that I haven't gotten to know. Oh, for sure. But like I'm slowly like peeling back the layers like as I've gotten to know you. Like a million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, <laughs> like Shrek. <laughs> like Shrek? Yeah, haven't you heard on the movie? Like, on Shrek, he's like... He peels an onion? No, he's like, ogres are like onions. And then Donkey's like, why? Because you make everybody cry? And he's like, no, we have layers. You've never seen that? I, it's, I was a child. Oh, well. Is that your favorite movie? No. Oh. But it's funny. I like it. Yeah, we're co-workers. You are a math teacher here at Bluegrass. How long have you been teaching here? Um, this is my sixth year here at Bluegrass. What grades do you teach? I only teach 7th grade this year, but I have taught 6th, 7th, and 8th grade math. Did you teach anywhere else before you taught here? I did. I taught at um, New Haven in Nelson County. Uh, that's where that's where I started. It's interesting because I feel like the more that I get to know this place, there's a lot of teachers that have like taught or came from Nelson County that have kind of moved here. Yeah. You think it's true. better? I mean, yeah. Obviously. I was only I was only in Nelson <laughs> County for five months, so I can't really base. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I can't say that like I was there for years and whatever, but I like it better here for sure. We are very similar in the fact that we have the same alumnum. We both went to the same college. Is it Al- Alma Mater? How do you? I don't know how you Mater? say it. Al- Alma Mater. All in aluminum. I don't. No, it, no it's not aluminum. That's not it. That's a metal. We went to the same college. Yes. Not at the same time. No. But we are both graduated from Campbellsville University so you got your bachelor's there I got my bachelor's and my master's nice I was in person for bachelor's and then my master's was online uh did you like it there I didn't live on campus I lived at home so I didn't I don't feel like I got like the true college experience as far as like living in the dorms and like hanging out with people and like studying together so eh, I just like tucked my head did my thing went home look at you so now you're a math teacher any fun stories that come to mind when you think about teaching middle school it's like a fun age range oh yeah every day is different every day you come in you don't know what what's gonna happen <laughs> the kids say the most off the wall things but I mean I do know that for the most part all of my kids really love me so and I really love them 
so we have good connections. Um, so it might not always be like the best day as far as like behavior or maybe even content. They may hate the content that I'm teaching, but I know that we can still have fun because like we have those good relationships. Yeah, I would agree with that. I feel like even like my first year here as a sub, your name would be brought up, but it would be like good things. Yeah. You're a cool teacher and that's good to, you know, that's good for middle school. Age. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they just, they need somebody that can relate to them and somebody that is always there for them and will listen. They love to talk and they just want to feel safe at school because sometimes they're not safe at home. So they just want to mm -hmm. come to school and feel safe. And that's what I try to give them. I think in the teaching world, you have to be a teacher first, but you can still build relationships with kids. Oh, absolutely. I don't know that I have like a saying, but like I always love them first and then teach them second. I mean, whether I'm teaching math or I'm teaching like a life skill, something is being taught in my class every day, whether it's like respect or manners or, hey, in the real world, you know, this is how this is going to happen. Or, hey, we're going to do equations today. It just kind of depends on how we how we get going. And I think that leaves, like, the lasting impact because at the end of the day, you can forget math, right? Oh, like, yeah. You can forget steps to math, but yeah. if they remember that they have a teacher that really cared for them and loved them, then I think that's what matters at the end of the day. Absolutely. I think if as long as I have kids that know that I am their safe space and they can come to me, then my job is done. Dang. That was well said. Thanks. Outside of school, you are kind of a sports fan. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not like a... I like football, and I will watch basketball, but that's about it. You're a Ravens fan? Yes. Huge Ravens fan. Huge Ravens fan. Have been for, gosh, I don't even know, several years. Like, it's not a bandwagon thing, that's for sure. Yeah, what started that? Um, I've always watched football, like always. Um, I remember, like, back in, whenever I was in high school, I would go to my friend's house, and we would watch football every Sunday or, like, Monday or whatever. Like, we were neighbors, so we were, I was always at her house, and we were always watching football. And every year, her family would do Super Bowl parties, and I would, nice. like, I would love to be there because it was, like, all the food, and, like, yes. everybody would watch the Super Bowl. Um, like, because, like, my family... They're, we're not real close. Like, we were just kind of like me and my mom growing up, and she didn't really like sports. So I would go to my neighbor's house, and we always watched football. So then, like, in high school, we would always watch the Steelers or the Dolphins. <laughs> so, yeah. that, but that's, like, what her family watched. Yeah. So it was kind of like, I didn't really have a say in it, but we watched all the games. And that's even, like, now. Like, I watch more than just the Ravens. But I make sure that I watch the Ravens game, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Like... A lot of people will say, like, Lamar Jackson, he's from Louisville. I'm a Louisville right. fan. Like, that could be intertwined, I guess. But I wouldn't say that's the driving reason I like the Ravens. It was just a few years ago, and my husband at the time, he was like, you need an NFL team. And I was like, okay, what is there? You know, and I started looking, and the Ravens are purple and black, and those are my two favorite colors. So oh, I was like, oh, let's yeah. pick that one. That works. <laughs> but then it just so happened that, like, Lamar had just joined the Ravens, and then, like, well, I'm, like, a big Louisville fan. So I was like, okay, well, you know, we can, we can watch the four former Louisville player and get in with that and I mean I've watched him ever since he's been on the Ravens so but I wouldn't say it's it's not because of him I got you it's just makes coincidental yeah 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 they fell just short of the Super Bowl this year how, yeah how, did, how do you feel on this I had high hopes um yeah. but I do know that the Chiefs have really good defense they have good offense and that I don't know I don't know what we were doing that day that game was not good <laughs> yeah it was I, a bummer I will say I don't watch like a ton of football I've started to get kind of into it. I have friends that are really into it. And then, of course, around the Super Bowl, football is like gets more brought up. I knew of Lamar Jackson, the name, obviously Louisville, Louisville's own. But I think the way he carries himself, he has this charisma 
that is just he's so humble about what he does he's a key player what was he was he mvp this year or he was runner up he i think he was mvp last year i honestly haven't stayed up with all of like the awards and stuff oh, yeah, this yeah. year like i normally do just because like of all the life events happening i haven't watched i didn't actually i actually didn't watch the ravens and chiefs game but i listened oh, gotcha. because i didn't like i was like moving around like my house right. and doing stuff so i just didn't really have time to watch it but i listened i do know whenever i came in this to school that monday the kids were like how does it feel to not be going to the super bowl and i'm like it's fine like you win some you lose some yeah you can't win them all um but he's a great player oh yeah um, has a just a i mean his character very humble about him. yeah very humble uh so we talked about your your school your teaching sports there's one person in particular that I want to be brought up on this episode. And that is your daughter. You have a daughter. I a do. A brilliant soul. Kenny G. Kenny G. This is your mini you. Talk about how she has impacted your life. How she made you a better person, teacher. Talk about her. Oh, oh, that's a lot. Whenever I was younger, I was told that I would never have kids. And so I, you know, I grew up. I was like, oh, I'm not going to have kids. It's not in the cards for me, whatever. But then it took over a year of trying to conceive with her. So whenever it finally happened, I mean, I was anxious the whole time. I was like, what if I miscarry or what if I don't, you know, like what if she doesn't go full term? Like I was so scared, but I mean, she was born, she was full term. She was actually 41 weeks and six days. So almost two weeks late, <laughs> Oh wow. but she is everything that I have ever hoped that she would be. She's every like her middle name is grace and a part of that is because like she like we had chose the middle name grace before she was born but now it's kind of like in hindsight it was like the perfect name she shows me how to give grace she has saved me because my dad passed away a month before she was born so it's like all of that like everything is timed everything happens for a reason and it's like the timing of my dad's death and her birth was perfect in the beginning, I didn't see it that way because, I mean, I was grieving the loss of my dad right, and then yeah. welcoming a new baby. But now that I, I've grown and I've gotten older, it's like that timing was perfect. Grace is her perfect middle name. Aww. <laughs> that's heavy, but, like, that's so beautiful to see, like, to be able to take that step back and see the full picture of that. That's oh, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, and it's ta I mean, it's taken me a long time to even, even be able to talk about her and my dad at the same time because I would always cry because she was his first grandchild. And he never got to meet her. So he passed away seven years ago. And it's taken me almost that long to be able to mention both of them at the same time. How old is she? Um, she just turned seven. Me and her, we our birthdays are two days apart. So she turned seven and I turned 30. So um, she's, yeah, literally the mini. Everybody that works here, like, will call her mini Lydia. Or they're like, oh, there's Miss Rake's daughter. Like, everybody knows who yeah. she is. It's like a little celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> she is like she, she just, is she is we um, need to roll out a red carpet for her one day yeah well, she always comes here after school yeah she rides the bus from new highland over here so, so she's always running around always everybody knows her the like, kids know her. yes every, even kids that like don't even really know me they're like oh that's miss rake's daughter and i'm like yeah okay <laughs> so they kind of just like welcome her into their oh their yeah for sure i know like especially Back whenever cheerleading was going on, the cheerleaders, like, ate her up, loved her, welcomed her, like, and they didn't have to do that. Yeah. I thought it was amazing that middle school girls would let, a, she was six at the time, would let a six-year-old cheer with them at games or, like, yeah. come to practices with them. I'm like, that's amazing. That's awesome. Um, it's like, it's almost like big sister, little sister kind of thing. And it's like, that's amazing that they would let a little girl who really doesn't know a whole lot about cheer, but she absorbs. She is a sponge. She, you can show her something one time and she knows how to do it. 
And I mean, she, she amazes me every day. I learn more from her than she's probably learning from me, but it's more in the sense of like how to be a better mother or how to be a better teacher, because like being a mother and a teacher are two separate things, but they're also very connected. She shows me how to be patient because sometimes her she tests my patience oh yeah so she I really learned how to slow down remember that she is just a little person who is learning how to regulate her emotions Mm -hmm. because sometimes it's very easy for us as adults to forget that kids they don't know how to regulate emotions or they don't you know they don't know everything that we know and sometimes it's often forgotten that they don't know everything that we know we have to teach kids how to do that I feel like when I started here I think one of the first days that I I began subbing in the schools, I actually subbed for your class, (laughs) but I didn't know you at the time. Yeah. I just kind of knew like your lesson plans and I knew that your name was Miss Rakes, but I feel like more recently in the past couple of months, uh, I really have gotten to know you. We're kind of, we kind of fall in a similar friend group here at school. And even though we have a little bit of an age difference, age gap, I've gotten to look, gotten to know you kind of more on a, uh, on a more personal level. And I really appreciate that because I, Uh, I see that you've worked through and overcome a lot, including obviously loss, um, grief, anxiety, uh, to get to where you are now. And so um, I want to kind of break into some things that I've noticed just in the past couple of months. So just first off, it's been over a month since you made a subtle post on your Facebook. It was maybe on a Facebook story, Instagram story, social media story. And it was just a picture of a box, a cardboard box with some sentimental things in it. Uh, because you were moving and more recently your house has just went up on the market it's for sale uh, and so from those posts it's very apparent that you are moving uh, so kind of talk about the move why are you moving you know sometimes our middle schoolers listen to this so should they be worried that you're leaving us or what's what's going on <laughs> well um a lot like a lot of them know like I started out the school year letting my kids know Um, This is what's happening in my life. So um, back over the summer, it was in June, me and my husband decided that we were going to separate. We decided that we were no longer meant for each other. Um, We have grown apart over the last year anyways. And it's like, you know, he's got different goals, different paths. I have different goals and I want to go down a different path. So we decided that for the benefit of our daughter, um, it's best that we separate. And I absolutely... Hated it at the beginning because it was kind of like my world came crashing down. But once I stopped, collected my thoughts, and I'm like, this is what's for the best. Because we had both been unhappy. Um, We had both tried to fix things. We were married for almost nine years. And it was like, it was time we just go separate ways. A lot of people, I guess, don't condone divorce. But I also don't condone being unhappy. We knew that being together was not beneficial for our daughter because it is better to be happy separate than it is to be miserable together and try to make our daughter happy. It's okay to see that your parents don't get along and they made the decision to go find their happiness within themselves or with other people. For me, I found my happiness within myself first and I did like I went on a very long self-growth journey 
Um, and I healed a lot. I healed a lot of trauma. I healed a lot of pain. Um, and not just from him, but just like childhood trauma, childhood pain. Like I went yeah. on this healing journey. So, and then in December we were like, okay, this, we've come to the point now where we, you know, it's time to move on with our lives. So we've started, like we started packing things up, getting our house ready. Like you said, my house is up for sale. So, um, I don't know if I'm going to buy a new house just yet, or if I'm going to let that money sit. And like, I think about some decisions, like, cause I need a new car. Do I, do I want to buy a new car? Do I want to buy a house? So it's kind of like, I have some options away here once that happens but um yeah some changes have happened I don't plan on leaving anytime soon so like good, I'm not good. I'm not moving to move away from bluegrass I've had a couple of kids ask me that oh you've moved where did you move to are you coming back like I'm I come here every day right, I'm yeah. still here <laughs> like nothing has happened yeah, yeah yeah I just wanted to clarify you know I sometimes we have middle schoolers that have somehow found this podcast yeah not that it's bad but like it's not for them right but I didn't want them to get this idea that you're moving because of them. Right. No, no, not at all. It's personal life. And I mean, like I said, at the beginning of the year, I told my classes, especially because I have seventh grade this year. And a lot of the seventh graders I have this year, I had last year in sixth grade. So I've had them two years in a row now. So they know of like, you know, they are, they are absolutely aware of Kenley. They are absolutely aware of what used to be my husband. And so I let them know, like in the beginning, like, Hey, this is what happened over the summer. If there's ever a day where maybe I'm off of my game, like this might be why. So, I mean, and they, they are very aware of that. And I mean, there have been times throughout the school year, like, Hey, like they'll check in with me. Are you doing okay? How's Kenley? And it's like, wow, these 12 and 13 year olds are checking in on me. I'm supposed to be checking in on them, but they're checking in on me. So it's been, that's been great. Yeah. That's powerful too. And I think that goes back to how you said you, you want to be that safe space for them. Yes. And so many of our kids, they are going through their parents' divorce. Oh, maybe absolutely. their parents have already been divorced. And so the fact that you have kind of gone through that step already, you can even, you know, be more of a safe space for them because you kind of are on the other side of that. Oh, yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, I'm like, I'm a child of divorce. And so like, now that I'm going through it, it's like, I can see like what my mom and dad went through. Um, but it's like, I, I have found healthier, healthier ways to cope with it. But um, it's like, I always like, I even check in with Kenley. Like, how are you? How are you handling That's good. this? And I mean, there are times like she, she does get upset sometimes. And she will say, I wish that I had my mom and my dad. But then I'm like, well, it's better to have happy parents than it is to have miserable parents. And, you know, and we have this fake life kind of like we have to fake it on the outside whenever we're miserable on the inside. Mm-hmm. And then she, she realizes that. And she's like, well, mommy, you know, it's best that you are happy and that daddy's happy. And, um, like I'm seeing someone, so she has, she has him in her life. And then he, 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 her dad is also seeing someone. So she has her and she has other kids. So it's like she gets to go see kids when she goes to his house. And I mean, so I mean, it's a lot, though. It's a lot for a seven year old to process any. It's a lot for a 12 or 13 year old to process mm-hmm. any of that. But I think she has taken it very well. One of the main reasons I wanted to have you on is because, again, you have this life experience that I haven't had really in any of my friends that I've had. And that might be because age difference and you're not that much older than me, but Old like lady. It's, it's just like you <laughs> you just experienced more in your life than a lot of people that I, I know. Yeah. So it's really awesome to get to see your perspective and what you've been through and how you're not like using that as a crutch. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're you're moving on. Yeah. And I mean, like you can't life doesn't stop. You can't stop just because your life is stopped. Yeah. It's okay to stop and rest and 
process it, but you can't stay there. You have to pick yourself back up and you have to go and you have to learn how to deal with it. You can't let the bad days win. Like today's a new day or tomorrow's a new day. If today's not that day, then get up tomorrow. Do it again. <laughs> Facts. Your chapter of moving is close close to the end. There's light at the end of the tunnel. There is. Um, we've It officially went up for sale Thursday night. We had some showings on Monday, some showings yesterday. It could possibly be a quick sale. Buy the house. Buy it. You've had this whole process of moving, which carries a lot of stress and weight, I'm sure. But you've also been on another journey through all of that as well. I've been following your weight loss journey just right before you got the surgery. I remember um, the Facebook post saying that you were going to get the surgery. And just even now, it's just incredible to see literally so much of you has changed. Like physically, yes. But like emotionally too, there's been just so much change in all of that. In December, you had lost like a hundred pounds already. Yes. So it's like literally now seeing you like you're literally beaming, radiating, <laughs> um, because you just you you seem literally genuinely so much happier and healthier. So can you walk me through your health journey and the why behind the surgery, why behind the weight loss journey? Oh yeah, I mean, so I mean. <sighs> I was overweight as a kid. My dad's family are all very larger individuals. Um, and I mean, a lot, like, there are people that will say that, like, oh, like, overweight is not genetic. But there is some truth to that as far as your health is just sometimes genetic. Sometimes people do, like, I don't know. Um, like, I have a hormone condition. It's polycystic ovarian syndrome. And that affects the endocrine system of the woman. And it causes, like, extra cortisol, which leads to excess weight gain. And then it's, like, um, like infertility, like I mentioned earlier. So whenever I was 16, I was diagnosed with PCOS. And I was told that I would never have kids. But even before that, like, I struggled with weight. I've always been bigger. I was bullied in middle school and high school for being a bigger kid. So I always, I dealt with that growing up um, once I did I think I was like ugh, 17 or 18 like I I think it was like the Atkins diet or something like one of those like I don't know registered diets like you eat and it was you, Atkins Atkins it's like Never they have they have like protein bars and like you eat one of these and you eat one of those and blah 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 it's like low carb stuff whatever oh, gotcha. I don't know so I lost some weight with that um, but it's like as soon as you stop that certain diet you're going to gain it all back oh, because yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know you go back to your own habits or right. like you're not like you're not starving yourself whatever so like I've done like Atkins diet I've done the South Beach diet I've done a Mediterranean diet I've done I've done all the diets and then in college I discovered Beachbody which is like the workout programs yeah, and like the familiar. yeah so Beachbody. I did Beachbody I lost 60 pounds with Beachbody but then I was still following the workouts and I was still following the uh, the food plans and everything and I started gaining weight again and I was like what is going on why is this happening so it's been like my entire life has been a yo-yo of losing weight gaining weight losing weight gaining weight and like I even got to the point where I want to say like two or three years ago I was seeing a weight loss doctor and I was taking medicine for weight loss and like she had me on a super low calorie diet it was not healthy but like I would I was literally to the point where I would do anything um, but then I started like she started getting kind of mean and it was like you didn't lose enough weight this month you're not trying hard enough blah 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 and it's like lady <laughs> Yeah, don't no. tell me what I'm doing or not doing. Um, so I stopped that. And of course, I gained all the weight back. And so then December of 
22, I was like, I was at my highest weight. I was at 348 pounds. And I was like, I cannot continue this journey because like my dad passed away at 66. His dad passed away, I think at like 48. And I was like, I don't want that to be me. I don't want my daughter to lose her mother at an early age. Because I think whenever my dad passed away, I was 22. And it was kind of like, like, I don't want her, Kenley, to lose me at any age, of course, but I would like to live longer than 4850. I looked into bariatric surgery. I had a couple of friends from high school that had had it done and they had similar stories to mine. They lost weight, gained weight. And I had all these tests done to make sure that you're healthy. So it's not like a lot of people will say that weight loss surgery is the easy way out. It's not. Um, You still have to be healthy enough for surgery. I had to have like EKGs done. I had to have tests to make sure that like all my stomach tubing was correct and there were no holes in it. I had to have like chest x-rays done, blood work, all this stuff. And then I got approved, um, I want to say in March of 2023. And then I had the surgery July 5th. 2023. Um, Before surgery, the doctor wants you to lose a certain amount of weight. Um, For me, I think it was only eight pounds, but I ended up losing 20 pounds before surgery. That was just like on this like diet they give you like because you have to like clean out your system or whatever. So I did have I had weight loss surgery. And then like you said, in December, I hit the 100 pound weight uh, loss. So but I think 30 pounds of that was before surgery, but still 70 pounds from July to December. And it's, and it's not just, oh, they cut some of my stomach out so I can't eat. No. I mean, like, you still have to eat healthy. You still have to eat the right things. Yeah. You have to hit a certain protein goal. You have to hit a water goal. And that's hard whenever, like, mm-hmm. they take out 80% of your stomach. <laughs> so you have, like, this little bitty pouch. And it's hard to hit those protein goals with or without weight loss surgery like if if a doctor says hey you need to eat 100 grams of protein a day you don't hard protein's hard you don't realize how much protein that actually like 100 like 100 grams oh that sounds fine no that is hard (laughs) you have to like eat all the time what and one egg is like what six grams it's like six grams so like let's do some math here so if i just (laughs) ate 100 grams of protein and I eat one egg. How many eggs do I need to get to get 100 grams? Well, that would be a lot of eggs. I knew. <laughs> Who would want to eat that many eggs? Well, like, I could do it if it was like a a huge, I mean, how many eggs would that be? Six times, 100 divided by six. So roughly, like, if they were five grams, it would be. Yeah, if it was five grams, it'd be, that'd be 20? way easier. Or wait, 100 divided by five is 20? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So 20, 20. eggs. So like roughly. A 20 egg, like, omelet. Would, could you imagine? That, that, that would be massive. That's like enough to feed a family. Nah, yeah, that's crazy. I could do six eggs max, maybe. I don't. I don't love those hard boiled. No, hard boiled eggs. Mm, I no, could, I can Mm-mm. tear me up some hard boiled eggs. See, and that's and that like people are like, hey, eat eggs are easy protein. I'm like, yeah, I don't really like. like I will eat. Do you an like egg. fish? Yes. Now I do. Those are good. Like in protein, yes, right? fit, yes. Um, salmon is really good protein. It's healthy fats, good protein. In the beginning, I drank a lot of protein shakes, like the Fairlife mm. protein shakes, because yeah. they're thirty grams. So for me, I only had to hit seventy grams of protein. So that was like half, almost half of my daily protein was right. one of those protein shakes. But now that I'm six months out, well, seven months out now, um, I can eat more. I can tolerate more. Um, so like I get to eat things like. I can have bacon every now and then, nice. and we love bacon. I love chicken. Chicken is almost always on the menu at my house. <laughs> nice. Um, and, like, we've made swaps, too. So, like, well, I still eat ground beef, but ground beef kind of upsets my stomach sometimes. 
So I do a lot of ground turkey or ground chicken in place of ground beef. Um, but nobody minds at home. So that's fine. They're like, yeah. no, that's fine. We'll eat it. I walk at least four to five days a week for 30 minutes because like you still have to exercise. You're not going to lose weight. Like you're not going to get surgery and lose weight just because you're not eating as much. You have to eat the right things and you still have to exercise. It's just it helps, I guess, kickstart it. I will say that one thing that weight loss surgery has done, it has helped me stop binge eating. I was a big binge eater in high school, college, and even like early motherhood, like any time of depression or even super happiness. It's like, I want to eat <laughs> like food is my comfort. Yeah. So binge eating has stopped because I can't binge eat. So that has been one very positive thing. That's awesome. The The downside of that, though, is I stay cold all of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. The other day I like took my pointer finger and I like booped a kid on the forehead because they had their head down. I was like, boop. <laughs> and then she raised her head and she was like, did you just boop me? And I was like, yes, you can't sleep in here. And then she was like, secondly, why are your hands so cold? And like, to me, they felt normal. So then like I went and yeah. touched another kid's arm and they were like, oh my gosh, are you Elsa? You're so cold. <laughs> Well, it works that you have like a warm heart. So, you know, yeah, that balances you out. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd just be ice cold. Be ice cold all the time. You said in that phase of your life where you were in between doctors, in between all these diets that I've literally never heard of. Like that, that would be so insane to have to try diet after diet after diet and not have those work. Yeah. And then to have like the experience you had with um, the doctor that would she would be really mean to you about your health. Like, so what did that do for your mental health? Cause I know you're a huge uh, advocate for mental health. How that had to take an emotional toll on, on you. Uh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like the whole, like my whole weight loss journey has also been a mental health journey because there are people who they don't want to understand why someone is the way that they are. So it's like, no one ever stopped and asked, like, do you have underlying health conditions that could lead to your um, weight gain? And I mean, you know, that is kind of like a weird subject that some random person would bring up, but you don't have to be mean about it. Like there mm -hmm. were people who would just like make fun of me because I was bigger than them or because I looked different than them. And it's like, you don't have to be mean because you don't understand what I'm going through. Yeah, that's awful. Uh, I mean, it is people, people are mean. I mean, you know, people are bullies. They're mean, whatever. They don't, they don't have common decency. And I think that's part of the reason why that as I've grown and matured, I like I just want to be nice to everybody. That's what I tell the kids at school too. Like you don't have to like someone to be nice to them. Mm. You should still have respect and show common courtesy. Um, but so like back to the weight loss with all of that, it was almost to the point where it was frustrating going in and out of doctors, trying different diets. And it was like, why is this not working? Um, and it's like, I've actually started looking more into the polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS. I've started looking more into like factors for that. Like it, it, Technically, it is a hormonal and it can be genetic, but I've just recently learned that um, like traumatic life events can also lead to PCOS and trauma can be anything as you know, if it's detrimental to your mental health and anything that's detrimental to causing you mental health issues can be trauma. It doesn't have to be physical. It can be emotional. It can be mental. And I had a somewhat traumatizing childhood. So I feel like that could be a factor because with PCOS, it um, causes higher levels of cortisol, which is like your stress hormone. Right. So then that leads you to gain weight. So it's, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but as far as like 
in and out of doctors and every I mean it it caused you know, it caused a lot of stress and it was a lot of frustration and it was like why is nothing working or why is this doctor not listening to me like there's got to be more and um there's actually a doctor well she's like she's the healthy kids clinic doctor miss cassie curry <laughs> Um, she, she actually listened to me whenever I was talking to her, I was talking to her about wanting to do weight loss surgery. And she was like, let me get your, like your labs done. We'll get this jump started. I'll recommend it for you. Yes. So she, so she signed off on that paper to recommend it for me. So she, she played a big part in that. Yes. Wow. So she played a big part in that. Um, I actually just had blood work done with her last week and she was like, it's amazing to look at your numbers from before you had surgery to now and so but she she's the reason oh part of the gosh. reason i got to have that surgery <laughs> and you never would have got the surgery if you didn't come to bluegrass right <laughs> that's how no, yeah that's, that's how it all ties together yeah I'm just kidding. That's wow that's awesome yeah she's great she is she really is shout out to her you shared that you dealt with frustration with the doctors the diet's not working as you went through that i wonder if there was ever anxiety that came with all of that and then also did you have kind of a community with you because I'm trying to figure out the timeline here and I know that this would have all been during your separation or or I guess uh, what what community did you fall back on or did you feel like you went through a lot of this on your own as far I mean as far as like just back and forth frustration with doctors like I mean I had my friends and my family to fall back on because I mean that's been years worth um the surgery itself happened a month after me and my husband separated so um it I wasn't alone and I mean was I alone without a partner yes but I wasn't alone because like I had friends to fall back on Danielle my very best friend um she drove me to surgery she stayed with me at the hospital through surgery and she stayed to make sure that like I woke up and she stayed for a couple hours after surgery I had to stay overnight um but she came back the next day and picked me up so she um she's the one that was there for surgery she was there for the post anesthesia (laughs) Lydia that was wild not the same not the same Lydia we have not no not the same I was a little sassy well more sassier than normal um but so she was there for me through that and I mean she's she's been there for me through so much over the last several years anyways but she she was definitely a hero that day for taking me and bringing me home um but I mean like I have I have a community of friends I mean there's an online community that like even just on Facebook like people that I have come across in my life that I might not be friends with they're always cheering for me rooting for me like I'll post a picture or like a update lost this much weight or like here's a change in my face and they're like you're doing awesome congratulations like you are doing it and like they don't judge me for having the surgery they're they're happy for me like they're glad that I took that step to have a healthier me so there's like the online community there's my friends there's co-workers here at work who you know they'll stop me and say you're looking really good like you know you've you can really tell that you're really working on yourself and everything uh, my family is very supportive in the beginning um, before surgery my mom was terrified she did not want me to get surgery so she's she's very happy now that things good. worked out um, but she was trying to talk me out of it and I was like no ma'am like, we are getting this done. It's been incredible just to hear a lot of your life story that I I hear glimpses of. I just think through our friend group and 
just the way that you carry yourself. Um, but a lot of the times it's, you just seem so optimistic about life. And even, even through the process of, uh, finalizing your moving and the separation, you still are, you still find a way to make other people laugh through that, like laugh through your pain. And (laughs) I, I can't really understand that because I, first of all, couldn't imagine being in your shoes and, and going through all of that. But the way that you still carry yourself to the highest level for the kids that you teach, for Kenny G, um, for your friends, for you to be there for them is just literally such a powerful statement. I just am reminded like, hey, like if you can come out on the other side of this a better person than like whatever I go through, that's probably not even close to what you've been through. Like we'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, that thing, things are going to happen. And I mean, and this, this is for anybody, whether, whether it's a young listener or an older listener, or just like people in our lives, it took me a long time to realize I have not always been the optimistic, make other people happy just because I'm not happy. Like I, there was a time in my life where I struggled and I stayed in a dark depression. You have to find those people that you can lean on and you can open up to because if you don't have those people, then you're going to be in that dark place and you're not going to be able to be the person that they know you to be. I have to show up to work every single day for my coworkers, for my students and for my own family because I mean, that's how I make up, you know, that's how I make a living. But also it's okay to let your guard down and let other people know that this is what you're going through because I think people would rather know that you are having a hard time so that they could be more understanding if like you know you might have you might lash out at them not meaning to I am proud of that growth for myself because it it takes a lot to carry everything and deal with everything and then still show up to work and still be the person that you're supposed to be and for your kids or for your friends I've even had people at work this year tell me that I am such a different person compared to last year oh yeah and I mean last year was a dark place for me last year I knew my marriage was falling apart and I mean I was over, I was super overweight last year there was a lot going on like financial stress marital stress health stress I didn't want to do anything like I came to work because I had to not because I wanted to this year I come to work because I want to Like, I want to be here. Like, yes, I have to be here. But I want to show up for the kids. I want to do fun, engaging activities. I want to make a difference in the kids' lives. There is such a difference in my demeanor. And I'm like, my life has changed. I had, like, so much can change in a year. And I know that's so cliche to say. But, I mean, it's true. So much can literally change in your life in a year. And sometimes it's for better. Sometimes it's for worse. But for me, this time it's been better. Life gets better. You just have to learn how to maybe ask for help or even find ways to help yourself because your life doesn't get better by chance. It gets better by change. Your life doesn't get better just by some off chance. You have to work for it. You have to want it to get better. My childhood was not great and I thought that was going to be my life forever. I thought that my, (laughs) I thought that my childhood was going to be what my life was going to be forever. And I was terrified. I was like, if this is all that my life is going to be, I don't want it. And so I have went through bouts of suicidal thoughts as a kid. But as I got older and I started to see like once, like once you become an adult, you have so many choices that you can make. There's not a parent 
making the choices for you. Mm -hmm. So you can, that's, that's up to you to decide. Do I want to follow in the footsteps, footsteps? That's my Eastern Kentucky coming out. Do you want to follow in the footsteps of what you were raised to know? Or do you want to go find who you could be? Because we are our own individuals. Like, yes, we are raised by people and we are shaped to be maybe be like them. But we at the end of the day, whenever we become adults and we can learn the ways of the world, we are our own people and we have to learn like who we are. As you grow and learn and experience, there is so much more out there for you than what's happening in your life right now. Well, this is great. <laughs> it feels like honestly, this felt like a therapy session. And I don't know if it's because I'm recording this on a couch I just think I've taken a lot from everything that you've been through. So thank you for being willing to share that. I'm sure that wasn't easy, but it seems like you've come a long way in your healing process and being able to process all of that and then be able to share that to hopefully be able to impact other people. I'm an open book because you can't, you can't learn from others without talking about it so I would rather talk about my life or something because it like you can relate to some things that I've talked about there are people out there that have similar stories but you wouldn't know that until you talk about it or until you listen it can change your whole course share your story anyway no this was fun this was a lot but it was good it is a lot it was good conversation yeah and I appreciate you and the students here appreciate you and uh, you're very much appreciated for the work that you do here uh, for students in and out of the classroom. So I appreciate you. I don't know if that means much because I'm, I just work here, but you're a nobody. Uh, no, yeah. just kidding. Just your local nobody. Just knowing that I am appreciated by somebody, even if it is a you. <laughs> no, I'm just ah! kidding. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Like that, that honestly means a lot to me day in and day out. It's like, I don't stop and think, does anybody notice? what I'm doing. So the fact that you know, and you see what I'm doing and how and how I'm trying to shape these kids and like also deal with my own stuff. I appreciate that because you are seeing more than just work me. But then like our friendship has also grown too. And so I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming on today. And I guess I'll see you at school tomorrow. Okay, bye. Because you have to be here. I have to be here. I want to be here. Just double reiterate that for the kids at the end. Like I want, I will be here. You're here for them. I'm here for you. All right. See you at school tomorrow. Bye.